Welcome to New and In Between, hosted by me, Mia Quinn Maddox, where I'll be discussing the hows and whys to my journey towards my faith. I've learned through my highs and lows that this path is not mine to travel alone. Join me mid-journey as I embrace my wins, losses, and everything in between. Hi, everyone. Welcome to New and In Between. I'm your girl, Mia Quinn, and today we are going to be discussing friendship. And for this episode, I have one of my good and dear friends, Sharon Lyons. Sharon, 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 Sharon from Dewey. This is my longtime friend from high school. We won't even get into how long ago we went to high school, but this is this is one of my dear friends, one of my smartest friends, my doctor, nurse practitioner friend. She's a nurse practitioner. She don't like when I call her a doctor, but that's because she ain't want to go to school for the extra 17 years that you got to go to to be a doctor. But nurse practitioner, I trust them more than doctors anyways, because they care more. But anyway, so this is my friend Sharon, and this is who's going to be gracing the topic of friendship with me. So, Sharon, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for driving all the way here. No problem. Thanks for having me, Mia. I am so proud of you, so I wouldn't miss this for the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, let's start. Let's just talk about friendship in general. Okay. What is friendship to you? All right. So, I would define friendship as someone that I can confide in, someone that can confide in me, someone I trust. Um, I don't necessarily believe in, like, a timeline because you could be a really good friend and meet someone very you know, quickly, or you can know someone for a very long time, and the friendship is still not that genuine. Someone who's genuine, someone who's trustful, um, that to me defines a good friend. I, I agree. For me, a good friend is someone who can love me through my good and my bad. Absolutely. Someone who can say, you're bugging. Like, you're bugging. Friendship is something that um, even in my uh, my long, short life, I've, um, you know, I've come to more of an understanding now as an adult of what friendship is. So, so let me ask you this. How do you feel about the no new friends? You know, everyone's um, like, oh, yeah. no new friends, no new friends. <laughs> I was on that train for a while myself because <laughs> I was like, no, no, thank you. Um, but a lot of people that I have met in my adult life have proven to be very loyal friends to me. So I totally dumped that phrase because it does not make any sense. You know, I agree. I agree. I used to be like, oh, no new friends, no new friends. But sometimes the new friends are more valuable, more, are more friends to you than friends that you've known for 20, 30 years, your whole life. You know, I feel like friends that you've known for your whole life, you, not that you outgrow them. I just feel like people are reason seasons and lifetime. Yes. Some friends will last your life. If you get a friend that lasts your life, you're lucky. I feel like that. But friends are for a reason, season, and lifetimes, and you won't have them. They're not meant to go into every season of your life. That's as you true. change, your friends will change. Absolutely. That's where I'm at right now. Me, as I'm evolving, as my as my faith is evolving, as my understanding of just people is evolving, it's making me draw away from certain people. Yeah. It's making me draw towards certain people. Yeah. But um, I definitely think that the no new friends, it, it's it's... It's the worst thing because it's not like new. Some of my new friends, like we're sitting in a room full of my new friends. Like my new friends are holding me down, producing my podcast, filming my podcast, showing up for me for nothing. Like we don't got no. Listen, we've just been on strike for six months. So we doing this off of a wish and a prayer. And those are my friends, like not asking for anything, not expecting anything who could hold me accountable, who could say, now you bugging. Yeah. Or. You need to delete her or you need to block her or you mm, she ain't it or he ain't it. Yes. 
you know, that's that that's to me is what, you know, not just what I look for in friends. And, you know, when when people do try to build friendships with me now, those are the things that I'm looking at. Like, right. OK, what's your intention? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I pray that all the time. God, reveal this person's intentions for me. Show me what they want from yes. me. Because I'm so used to everyone sucking me dry, yeah. using me mm-hmm. when I, you know, when my um when my career changed and I uh, was, you know, separated from 50, mm-hmm. a whole world of people separated from me. So when the money went, the friends went. went. Yeah. When 50 went, the friends went. So I can't really say that those were my friends, but those were my friends for that season because right. they served their purpose. We partied, we hung out, we did what we did. And when he went, they went. So, you know, I guess it's all a blessing in disguise because they wouldn't be able to sit here with me. Exactly. So, you know, I look look at it as, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I, younger days, I took friendship so seriously that if you did something to me, the littlest thing, cut them off. off. I was the cut off queen. Oh, I was the cut off queen. (laughs) Cut off queen, cut off queen, cut off queen. Hold on one second. Now, listen, we, we, so we're filming in my house, right? And I have two cats. And my two cats, normally one of them goes and hides and the other one sits like he's doing now minding his business. But the one cat that knows Sharon does not like cats keeps coming outside and bothering her. This is my friend. This is my annoying friend. This is my annoying little cat friend. I don't know what spirit from who is in him, but he's he's annoying. So anyways, back to me being the cutoff queen. Ooh, was I the cutoff queen? You didn't have to do much. And I would it's like, oh, that's it. It was to the point where my aunt would be like, I don't want to meet her. You're not going to be around long. Right. How does someone say that to yeah. somebody? Yeah. And then they wouldn't be. I'm going to be around forever. I'm going to be around forever. Nope, I'm going to be around forever. Two weeks later. R.I.P. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> but I'm getting better. I'm getting better because now I'm choosing my friends with discernment. Right. So that's the key. Yeah. That, that, that is something that I've learned from Sharon. So let me just explain to you. Even in this, um, in my new and in between of my faith journey, Sharon is a key, key, key part of this journey because during the pandemic, there was a Bible study group that she invited me into. And that Bible study group with Sharon, um, another gem of mine, Sue, another gem of mine, Billy, these two women led a Bible study every, what was it, Wednesday? Yes. Wednesdays at eight o'clock. Yes. Through the whole pandemic and Two, two, two years two after. Years after. Yeah. And when I tell you, it opened up my mind and my heart to prayer. First of all, they prayed down. I never heard women pray the way that they prayed, and it inspired me. I'm like, ooh. They're like, who wants to do the opening prayer? <laughs> Everybody, camera go off. Everyone starts doing something else. Because they pray on such a level, you feel it in your bones. So it's like, damn, I got to pray against, not against them, but I got to pray up to that level. Yeah. Like, and I mean that's not what it's about, but in the in the interim, they they're the ones who kind of set me on fire to want to know God, to want to know more about God, just in their Bible studies and explaining the word. You know, they these these women were the foundation for my faith journey. So it's important for me to have Sharon here because I would not be here if it was not for her. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be because I don't know. I mean, everything happens how it's supposed to. So I feel like I would not be here if you did not invite me to that group. New and in between probably wouldn't have been birthed if Sharon didn't introduce me to this Bible study group that opened up my mind and my desire to wanting to learn more about God, wanting to be saved, wanting to get baptized. And these are all things that I did on my own. They did not encourage me. They did not say, oh, you have to be saved. You have to be this. Or, you know, they were not judgmental. They came on Wednesdays. We discussed the word. We had a, I mean, and it was a wonderful, a 
wonderful group of women, all quality women, nurses and doctors. And I mean, and mothers. And I mean, the mother part trumps out everything because I mean, that's just a, a job in itself. But I mean, there is an amazing group of women. So tell me how you met Billy and Sue. Um, so I met Billy and Sue a long, long time ago. I must have been maybe like 12 or 13. They came to my father's church. My father's a pastor. All right. So before you even get into Sue and Billy, let's just explain how deep your faith journey. Because I've had some friends come and they were in church when they were younger. Something happened where they withdrew, mm-hmm. you know, just all kind of things of some that have never been introduced or, you know, whatever the case may be. So tell me where your faith comes from and then how you met Billy and Sue. Okay. So my dad's a pastor. He has a church in Brooklyn. So we had no choice but to go to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and Friday evenings, which was a lot, but um, <laughs> we had no choice. I'm like, you know what? Let me just let me just go. Um, at the age of like 12, I gave my life to Christ. I became saved. And at the age of 13, I had my first water baptism. Mm-hmm. Now, from the age of 13 till about like my 20s, my walk was not as strong because I'm finding myself. So I'm in high school, you know, not always doing what I'm supposed to do. My early 20s, same thing, just kind of like finding myself, who I am. So I did definitely backslide in those years. I wasn't, you know, going to church as often and partially because I had to go to church so much. I'm like, the moment I don't have to go to church, a sister's out. So that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, I always had Christ in me, but... I was just like, oh, if I don't got to go to church, I'm not going to go. I'm going to do my own thing. But I always had a tug. Something was always tugging me back. So I just couldn't totally get away from it. Mm -hmm. Um, I rededicated my life to Christ towards like my mid to late 20s -hmm. because I'm like, I can't live my life without him. Like things were just not lining up the way I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, Sharon, what are you doing? Like, you know what your foundation is, right? Let's get back to it. So I rededicated my life back to Christ and... That was, like I said, my late 20s. I met my husband. He was not saved when we first met, but eventually he also gave his life to Christ as well. And then it's just been a great faith walk since. Is everything easy? Absolutely not. So um, Billy and Sue, like I said, they played a very pivotal role in my relationship with Christ as well. I met them around like 13 as well when I was younger. They came to my parents' church. My dad actually married Sue to her first husband. Wow. Yeah, so that was pretty dope, and that was so exciting. And she was just very easy to talk to, her and Billy Bob. They were very cool. So, you know, sometimes growing up in a church, the older folks could be a little bit condemning or mm-hmm. very strict and mean. Or judgmental. Or very judgmental. Mm-hmm. They let me be me. So growing up, you're always going to have all these different challenges with boys, with work, with just life, period. So just talking to them, was able. I was able to just build my faith back up and feel a lot more comfortable going back to church. Sharon, you don't have to be perfect. God knows your heart, right? As long as you're trying. So anytime I was going through something, because they were older than me, but I took a few years, they just had that wisdom that I needed. And I knew I can talk to them and feel comfortable, confide, and I feel judged. But they would be stern, like, Sharon, you wilding out. You know, you messing up, which I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I greatly appreciate that. So to this day, they are still my mentors. I call them for like every little thing. No matter what time, they are always free and allow me to to call and talk to them. So that's like my relationship with them. I, I love them. Yeah, and and then I have taken them on because <laughs> I don't I'm like sure I'm like Sue. <laughs> can you call me when you get a second? First, so this is what I learned. 
when you um you have to have wise counsel, right? Absolutely. So I've learned, all right, when I get into something, normally you just call whoever the person that you're venting and you're carrying on. Mm-hmm. Now I say, okay, let me go to my wise counsel. My wise counsel is Sharon. I ask Sharon, I ask Sue, I ask Tanya. I ask their opinions because I know that they're going to give me opinions not in my favor. They're right. going to give me the opinion that is honest. That's true. They they know me well enough but and I trust them that the opinion that they that they're giving me is not biased, it's not one-sided. It's basically like, nah, you're wilding. No, this is this. Well, they're not going to do this because you're doing this. Mm-hmm. I had a little situation with um with a friend, well, with someone who was trying to be my friend and um and you know, I and, and I'm to the point in my life now if I don't feel bad, if I if if I'm tr- I'm I'm trying to go to higher levels, and I need to be around people who have high vibration. Absolutely. I need to be around people who believe that they were created in the image of God. I need to be around people who have a belief in God, yes. because if you have a belief in God, mm-hmm. then I know that you're not just answering me to answer me. I know that you are answering me through. Mm-hmm you know, through a higher power. Like, it's not just coming like, oh, just giving me some random opinion. And normally when I ask you three something, like, I asked three of you, and you gave me um, advice. Tanya gave me advice. Y'all was on the same side. Sue gave me a different type of advice. So I said, okay, fine. I'm going to try the different type of advice because it's just different from what I would normally do. Right. Well, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so what you told me to do, what Tanya told me to do, is ultimately what I ended up having to do. But I did appreciate the fact that I tried something new. And I feel like because I tried something new, I don't feel guilt. I don't right. feel like, oh, man, like, you know, I don't feel bad like I did something. Like, normally right. I could. Exactly. So I tried everything right. and yeah. it just didn't work out. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, and that's fine. I do appreciate <laughs> you introducing me to Sue and Billy because they could, pr- listen, they pray. Billy prayed over me when I was working on for life. So I was working on for life. I was going through. Ooh, I was when I tell you working in film and television has been some of the trying, some of the hardest times of my life as far as work goes. And I was at a point where I was like, oh, I'm either going to lose my mind, go postal mm-hmm. or I'm, I don't I didn't know what to do. And these when I tell you prayed over me in a way. Oh my God! Billy prayed over me. I dropped. I ain't never dropped to the floor and cried my and, and mm-hmm. over someone praying for me. I'll never forget that. Like those yeah. moments, I will never yeah. forget. So for that is why I'm like Sharon is like my like my Moses. <laughs> <laughs> she is Sharon That's is like Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a look at you, but I'm cute. I'm like, I'm cute. Of course, you're cuter. Yes. She's like my, um, who's a woman that in the Bible that I don't really know all the women yet? Um, Esther is a good one. She was absolutely beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll go with Esther. (laughs) Yeah, she was George Jarvis. So we're going to go with Esther. (laughs) She's my Esther. Let's just say that. Yes. So you know, but it's just it's important. Like as I as I build friendships now to make sure that you do have an understanding of of God. Um, I'm not saying that you got to go to church every day and be able to pray over me like how they do, but it is it's important for me because our conversations will be different. How we are driven towards our goals will be different. Um, and just you know, just it, it it makes a whole difference. I mean, Sharon always tells me Sharon is married. I'm I'm contently single until God changes that. That's what I'm going to say. Yep. But Sharon always tells me to make sure that whoever I date, to make sure that they are a follower of Christ. 
and please explain to the world why that is important. Um, that is super important because the word also says do not be unequally yoked. So if you have someone that's not in the word, meaning that you don't save, um, as opposed to dating someone that is saved, the conversation is different. The disagreements are different. Um, I like to call, <laughs> my husband and I have disagreements. We call it intense fellowship now. Intense fellowship. <laughs> intense fellowship. We don't call it an argument. We call it intense fellowship. But it really changes the narrative as far as communication, as far as even reading the word with somebody, having somebody pray with you. I think that is humongous. And then we have a son. So we want him to see that we have a relationship with Christ so that he can have a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like anything is worth it in this world to have if you don't have a relationship with Christ. And you want your marriage rooted in Christ because the world will throw you so much monkey wrenches. It's very, very, very easy to just kind of go, you know, left as opposed to right. It's just that much easier. So when you have like that foundation of Christ and if that man as the head of the household has that foundation in Christ, it just makes a world of difference. Just like I said, just communication, just having your intense fellowships, right? No one's perfect. So you're going to have disagreements, but it just makes it different. Someone you can go to church with. You don't have to like beg them or drag them. And like I said, it's just so important for if you were to have children for your kids to also see that. Then you get to meet other couples who have that same fire. So you start to attract different people as well, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I've been um, I've been digging in the trash. <laughs> Listen, you got to take accountability for your parts and things. And I have. I have been digging in the trash. And I've been digging in the trash because before I started to build a relationship with with um, with God, my I'm following the world. I'm following the TV shows that I watch. I'm mm-hmm. listening to the songs that I listen to. I'm thinking love is supposed to be hurtful because when you're 16, you're singing Mary J. Yeah, Blige and yeah. Faith Evans, and yeah. these are all heartbreaking songs. Yeah. And like you just you feel like love is supposed to hurt. It's supposed right. to be drama. It's supposed to be what you see on TV yeah. and you know what you hear in songs. And it allows you it it, it leads you to digging the trash. And when you dig in the trash, you find men who are not faithful and who are not honest and who are unforgiving, who are not patient. Mm-hmm. Um, who are, you know, just not leaders. And I, I understand that now as I build my relationship with God and my foundation changes, my foundation is rock. It's not sand anymore. So I'm not just, I'm not slipping. I'm mm-hmm. not sinking. I'm not just I'm not digging into trash anymore. And because I know what you have been through with the, the men trash. in your life <laughs> is why I drill that home to you. I'm so adamant because I want you to have your happiness. You know, I tell you this all the time. Yeah. I think you are dope. I think you're awesome. And someone who is deserving of that is what I want you to have. So that's why I'm always just like, girl, leave that trash alone. You deserve true happiness, right? Like Mm -hmm. I said, it's not going to be a perfect relationship because it's two human beings trying to become one. Mm -hmm. But once they have that foundation, like you're saying, it just makes a world of difference. And I want you to have that because I just feel like you deserve it. You have been through a lot in relationships. A lot. Listen, and we're not going knows. through the trash no more. Yes, I got out of the trash. You, I love raccoons, staying, but I'm staying out. I'm staying out, 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 out of, the, of trash. the trash. No more trash. No more trash. And you, I tell you, I pray for you to find that right partner. Yeah. 
and 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 now I'm just at the point in my life where I say I'm contently single. Like, Which is great. I'm happy being single. I like the fact that I can sleep across the bed by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have to take a shower every night. If I don't want to, <laughs> I can sit around my house all weekend unbathed. Yeah. I don't have to cook for nobody. I don't have to look for nobody. I don't have to answer to nobody. And not to say that those are not things that I want. I, do, I would love to, to, to have um, someone, but I'm not going to want what I want that bad that it allows me to choose out of the trash. Correct. You're not going to compromise your soul for anything. It's just not no. worth it. No. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm not settling anymore. I'm not oh. wanting what I want so much that it allows me to uh, put blinders over my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not turning red flags green mm-hmm. anymore. Because red Sharon knows, last time I dug yeah. in the trash, she would check on me ever so often. Like how, and I, you know, I would backpedal. And then when I finally got to the point where it was like, nope. He's blocked on my phone. Yeah. He's blocked on WhatsApp. He don't have access to my Instagram. Yeah. I'm not checking to see if he left any messages yeah. um, in my blocked messages. He is completely out of my yeah. mind. And yeah. I don't feel any heaviness about it. Mm-hmm. Because this person I might bump into a C. And I pray that I, I, I say all the time, I say, if I, I want to be able to lovingly and kindly mm-hmm. cut him off. So that if I do see him, mm-hmm. it's no hatred. Right. Hey, good morning. But there's no conversation. Right. You are not deserving of me and my time. Right. Or more than good morning. Right. Good morning. Good afternoon. What's up? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no more to that. So. I agree. I'm out of the trash. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Thank you, friend, for that. Thank you, friend. No, you do. You drill that in my head. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I could be carrying. Oh, I'm dying. You did this. She's like, I keep telling you. <laughs> If he don't have a relationship with God, he don't have a relationship with you. Absolutely. And it's the truth because if you don't have that, that's the, the foundation. That is the foundation for every relationship. Absolutely. My relationship with God is the foundation for every relationship that I have. It's a rela- the foundation for the relationship with my sister, with my nephews, with you. Yeah. Um, I know that I could pray for my friends and my friends are praying for me. Yeah. And it's just it's just different. Like, I know that if we get into it, it's not a it's, it's I like that intense fellowship. Yeah. You know, we could agree fellowship. to disagree, but we're not going to not become not not be friends or be. We just we have a more understanding of forgiveness, of love. Yes. You know, exactly. When yes. you understand that, I did, I did a whole episode, um, a solo episode about love. I read the um, uh, I read a scripture girl sitting here crying. That's how intense it was to me because for so long I didn't know what it was. So it's important for me to, and and love is not just for your mate. It's for, it's across the board. It doesn't say you love your boyfriend this way, your your mother this way. Love is a one definition across the board for everybody. Because God is love. So we have to innovate. Which is it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's it is hard. This this is why I named the podcast New and In Between because it is you know I mean I went to church when I was young. Church to me was like punishment. Yeah, I got that. Get up on Sunday, go to church. I told you I was fearful. We I went to church in Brooklyn too. So. You got people catching the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I never really understood what that was. Right. It was scary right. because you got some older lady flipping out on the floor and everyone. I'm like, what? And then now I don't want to sit next to the older women right. because I'm like, is she going to catch the Holy Ghost and touch me? I don't want the Holy Ghost. <laughs> like, is that going to make me? Right. That's, yeah, I, absolutely. That's I the thing. That. Yeah. How is it growing up with a father as a pastor? <laughs> Um, my dad was very, very strict. In high school, they used to always tease me that I was going to marry Jesus. <laughs> I used to have my cross earrings, but my dad was extremely, extremely strict. So it wasn't easy. I mean, did I do stuff that he didn't find out about? Of course, like I found my ways, um, but my dad was very, very strict. So it was, um, it was difficult because of that. But now I had like a lot of 
church friends as well. And that really helped the transition because if he knew I was going out with my church friends, mm-hmm. he was a little I bit mean, more for lenient us, for we thought all out. the church kids were the bad kids. Like, if I wanted well, to do something were. bad, a lot of the church the church kids was the bad kids. I'm like, the pastor's yes. daughter, I'm running with her. We going to the club with her. Well, I was not in that category. <laughs> but yes, some of the people that I did grow up with in church were not all holy rollers, okay? So. I mean, it's, it's rebellion because if we feel like we're being forced is, to do something, right. as soon you as you have the best. opportunity exactly. to do not to do exactly. we not you don't have the the concept like i my mom used to take us to church and i just would be there like i don't understand what is he talking about i didn't right. feel like it applied to my right. life i didn't understand i'm like you talking about finances my mother paid for everything like what are you talking <laughs> about finances like right you know you just don't realize it so when you're right when you do get an opportunity to say i'm not doing that no more it's like i don't eat peanut butter because i eat peanut butter my whole life right, right. exactly you couldn't offer me i don't care if, <laughs> i would rather eat not eat for three days you know i'm not eating <laughs> peanut butter Yes, yeah, so that's exactly how it was. But like I said, there was always something tugging mm-hmm. at me. Once you're saved, you're saved. You cannot lose your salvation. So even if you start going back into the world, while out, there's always going to be something here that's bringing you in. So that's exactly what It's what like your conscience. Me. Like when yes. you do something bad, you know you're doing something bad. Absolutely. It's like that little feeling that's like, mm, you shouldn't do that. Yes. And then you go against that, yes. that, that, yes. that tug. That's the tug. That's the tug. That's the tug that we don't really think. That it, we think that that's just my conscience. Mm-hmm. That's that Holy Spirit saying, sis, get yourself together. Listen. <laughs> and when you ignore it and do your own thing, oh, you'll get, he you'll will let you do your own thing. But when you that. go up fast, you mm-hmm. come down fast, Very usually true. in shit. <laughs> okay? Very true. You don't fall in flowers. Yes. You don't fall in soft dirt. You don't fall in feathers. You fall in your own shit because yes. you did that. Yes, absolutely. God will let you fall in your shit. Then you got to sit in your shit, smell your shit. And then decide, mm, I got to get out of this. Yeah. 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 I was there. Listen, I was there. You, you've you known me for a long time. Yes, girl. And the crazy thing is, like, we went to high school together, mm-hmm. but you're a year younger than me. Yes. So we didn't really hang out in high school. I knew, you know, and we we went to John Dewey. And John Dewey is a type of school where it's like a college setting. So yes. you're able to choose your own classes. We switched classes. Um, You know, there was different clubs, the fashion club and the cooking club and the this club yes. and the that club. And we didn't really hang. Like, I knew everybody in high school. I didn't really hang out with, except for that one, one like maybe one or two people. We didn't really connect again until. Like later in life. Yeah. Yeah, you had to apply pop-up. Oh, yeah. When and I, I came to when that. I When I, when I, when I first launched my um, consignment store. Yes. You did. Yes. Yep. And, and then, then we you, reconnected um, after that. Then the rest is history. We remained yeah. friends since then. Yeah. Sharon, I'm sure you vet me. Because that's what Mia does. Mia makes sure she vets her friends. No, no, I really don't. I, I didn't learn. Oh, did no, I didn't oh. learn to vet my friends until, um, until now, like now okay. is when I learned that I never got um, a feeling from you of like a, no kind of like she's using me. She right. wants something from me. You always you always supported me. Yeah. You've always been my biggest supporter, yeah. even when I wasn't when I. So when I was transitioning from music to film and television, it was so hard to get in because if you don't know someone, it's 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 hard. Mm-hmm. Like you have to know someone. And she was um the the MC set, at NBC. The, so like the set, like a set medic. Like what well, I did, I worked in the clinic and mm-hmm. I also worked at the set. So okay. I worked in the clinic during the day and then the evenings I would work at the set, either like the Seth Meyers show or the Jimmy Fallon show, whatever shows they had running. Mm-hmm. I was the set medic for the shows after my regular hours at the clinic. Okay. 
Okay, so when we, when people in film and television, we end up being at work at 5 a.m. and usually don't leave until, like, these shows don't usually wrap up until maybe 11 or so, so you don't really have time to go to the doctor. So there always is a, um, a nurse on set that you could go to for, you know, I'm feeling sick or whatever the case may be. And then there's a set medic because things happen on set, so you always have someone, there's always someone there in case of emergency, so that's what Sharon was. And you were on... Um, it was Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers. Um, I did SNL on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Today Show, if they did like a skit or something, I would also go over there and mm-hmm. do that. Um, and then I just saw like the regular patients join. You know, sometimes they would come into the clinic during the day and I would see them as well. So when she was doing that, um, I was trying to get into film and television. I'm sending my resume to everyone with no, even with my long list of extensive experience and working for who I worked for, no one was would hire me. And there was a costume designer. Um, he was looking for a, an assistant or something they were looking for. Yeah. And she, it came across her, and she gave it to me, and I sent her my resume, and they gave me an interview because of her. It didn't mean my experience, my. 12 years of working with 50, traveling the world, my things that I, I thought my my resume could get me into any door. It was like, whatever. It was because of Sharon I was able to get that interview. And I wasn't in the unit at the time, so it didn't kind of, it didn't all pan out, but it got me in the building, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't have been in that building. And those were the little things that you did. Like, you did not have to do that for me. You never, and you never asked me for anything. Like, she never asked me for tickets to a show or for a discount. Like, if she bought something from me, it was like, this is how much it costs. That's what it is. So it's like, okay, she didn't, she didn't want anything from me. And then we would just have, you were funny as hell. <laughs> you dress. I mean, and, and these are, these are all superficial reasons, but it's just things. I'm, I'm a, I'm someone who I'm fashion is, is something that I love. So we connected on that level. And I'm like, ooh, Sharon could dress. Like, she dressed for real. Like, I get dressed, but Sharon gets dressed. And then she has a younger sister that's my younger sister's age. Yeah. And um, it's, no, Susie's, Susie's, no, Susie's young. She's yeah, no, younger. She's younger than she's Lauren. Younger, yeah. But they're both, um, yeah, they're the, um, how can we describe our younger sisters? Uh, they're firecrackers, to say that part. No, they're Roman candles. <laughs> My sister and her sister are Roman candles, like literally Roman candles. One, um, you know, my hopes is to do, um, and not in this space, um, like a table talk of mm-hmm. siblings. Yeah. You and your sister, my my nephew and his younger brother, me and my sister, my mom and her sister, oh, because be the dynamics of siblings is is something that if you don't have one, you, you wouldn't understand. But yes. I want siblings to understand because we... It's it's a dynamic. You put you have two you put two kids that are usually totally opposites yeah. together, and then you want them to get along yeah. for the fake the, the sake of that's your sister. Yeah. I'm like that's my sister. Absolutely. She's evil. <laughs> She's mean. She's wild. You know, and that's mean too. Not just my sister. Like you know, it's like you yeah. want these two people to yeah. be and and at you say oh that's your sister. You gotta like her and love her no matter what. It could be hard. Yeah. Sisters are something else. Especially when they're firecracker Roman candles like ours, but that is my hope um, to to do a um that'll be dope to do a whole you know siblings yeah. because it's important to talk about you know jealousy and envy mm-hmm. and it's it's not fair yeah. and yeah. you know the relationships and the personalities and we think that our parents are supposed to love us and like us the same. Love us equally, like us equally is something different, different yeah. and you don't realize that when you are coming up yeah. but you know that's that's another topic we could get into that another day that we'll, we'll save that but this is what I want to ask you about friendships sometimes for me like what what I felt like if I knew someone for a long time mm-hmm. that I needed like I had to save that friendship like 
oh, this is someone that I know for a long time. This is my I've known her for 20 years. Like um, and you accept more and yeah. you and you do more and you take more until you finally realize I've outgrown this person. How do you feel about that? Um, I am notorious for holding on to a friendship. I um, recently I've come to the grips that I can't do that because it's not being true to me and it's just uncomfortable. So I don't believe, like you said before, everyone is in your life for a reason and a season and they don't need to become come with you in the whole journey. Mm-hmm. And I am okay with that now, but it did take me a very, very, very long time because I'm someone who's loyal mm-hmm. and I expect that same loyalty. And if there's an issue, I expect you to come to me and let's try to resolve it. And if we can't resolve it, I do not have any animosity towards you. I wish you well in life, Um, but we need to just go our separate ways and we can just be cordial. And I've come to grips, like I said, in my big adult age with that now, because it was something that I would hold onto a friendship no matter what. And it just wasn't, it wasn't making sense. Yeah, in Tyler Perry's book, he um, he gives this a- uh, analogy of friendships being like a tree, mm-hmm. and you have leaf friends, mm-hmm. you have branch like branch. I think it's branch friends, and then you have root friends. Mm-hmm. Your leaf friends come for seasons, yes, and at the end of the season, They're they gone. leave. Your branch friends stay around long enough, like they basically they don't last all the storm because mm-hmm. you see in a hurricane or whatever their branches break. Yeah. So you have some friends who will be on for a while, and then. A real hard storm will come and they'll break okay. away. Mm-hmm. And those are your branch friends. And then you have some friends that are deep root friends. Like tree roots grow deep. Yes. They allow the tree to stay grounded into the ground. And if you get one or two of those, then you're blessed. Absolutely. I want a friend like Gail. Oprah <laughs> only got Gail. Yeah. Oprah don't run around with a thousand people and she's Oprah. Yeah. Oprah got Gail and Tyler Perry. Yeah, that's true. I need I, I got I got a Gail and a Tyler Perry. <laughs> Okay, which one is which? I don't know because I just called her Moses and she said she Esther because she, my friends are way. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oprah is Oprah is looking fabulous. She looks fantastic. I saw her the other day. I was like, I need what what she's eating. She looks amazing. She's rich. Okay, <laughs> billionaire people do billionaire people. I think they they know where the fountain of youth she is. She looks amazing. I was like, wow. Yes. And I do admire her friendship with Gail, like you were saying. They have their friendships to the test of time, which I think is so important, like you said, because there's going to be times when you don't get along with your friends. It's like a relationship with some, with a partner. But you should be able to reconcile that, right? If that's someone who you truly consider a friend, they should be there with you no matter what. I love that, you know, her and Gail, Gail got her business going and Oprah is who she is. You know, Gail is not on her level success-wise. But you know their friends. But you know their friends and you see that. And I, I, I love that. Like, that's, to me, is a friendship. Yeah, because she, I, I can't remember what, um, I seen some, some maybe some interview, mm-hmm. and she was talking about, um, I think she, they went somewhere, or they did something, and Michelle Obama has lots of friends. Yeah. And Oprah's like, <laughs> these all your friends? Like, how you got so yes, many I friends? You seen that? Like that? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what I saw on if Michelle was talking about it or yeah, um, Oprah was talking about it. I'm saying Michelle like that's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, yes, Michelle. <laughs> She was talking about she got all these friends, yes. and Oprah's like, I got Gail. Yes. So I mean, listen, I'm I if you have fourteen friends or one friend, I just I'm I'm just I'm being more choosy yes. about who I want to have as my friend, who I allow in my space, who I give my time to, mm-hmm. and not feeling bad when I have to walk away. Yes. And I don't care if it's a twenty year friendship, um, a five year friendship, a two minute friendship. Mm-hmm. I've met some people. Um, I mean, who two years, three years, and they're 
they've you know we've we've bonded and and grown friendships that are stronger than friendships that I've had for longer periods mm-hmm. of time. So, yeah. um, you know, I just I like to get your perspective because I know that you have I'm the cutoff queen. You have friends that you have had for way longer periods of time. So it's you know I just want to get the perspective of that because I know a lot of people feel like because they've been friends with someone for a long time that they have to right remain friends. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not always the case. So this is what I want to ask you. So, you know, they have BFFs and best friends. How do you feel about the word best friend? Well, I do believe in best friends. I know it sounds very cliche, um, but I do have a best friend who has been a ride or die for me through a lot of situations. And she's proven herself just to be like a great friend. Like you said, not asking for favors, just genuinely being there for me when I needed her, genuinely supporting me when I needed that, genuinely giving me the tough love when I need that. Now, there has been instances where I was really close with certain people and that friendship has changed. So I believe the status can change from best friend to not being best friend anymore, but I do have a staple core best friend in my life that I consider her like a ride or die. That girl prays with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she tells me when I'm right. She tells me when I'm wrong. She supports me no matter how crazy my ideas are because sometimes my ideas are very left field. And she's like, no, girl, you could do it. I'm like, you serious? And I'm like, no, girl, you think I could do it? And she hypes me up. But you need that. You do. You need that. And you know what happens? You, because she does that to you, you do that to me. Exactly. I could call Sharon and tell Sharon I'm going to sell holy water. <laughs> And we Sharon's gonna be like, "All right, Let's so go. you know that you know she gives me she gives me. Let me tell you the worst part first. <laughs> you know this is what's gonna happen, but you can do this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, those are that that is, you know I I I don't I don't necessarily. It's not that I don't believe in no best friend or not. I just feel like when people people who give that title to people don't really understand friendship, mm-hmm. and they're saying best friend to leave other people out or okay. to. Oh, you're my be- oh, this is my best hi, best friend. Oh, yeah. you're my best friend. They use it very casually. Exactly, right. it's yeah. like, yeah, girl, yeah, you don't even know what friendship <laughs> is, okay? So how is that your best friend? Yeah, best friend. Are you yeah. five? Yeah. So this is why I just I like to ask because you know, to me, my best friend is my sister. Right. She gets on my damn nerves, but I love her to death. <laughs> we go through our ups, we go through our downs, we fight like cats and dogs. But at the end of the day, I know that regardless of what, yeah. she's gonna hold you down. Yeah. Yeah. She coming with the gun. So, you know, my sister, that goes without saying, yeah. right? Because we're like two peas in a pod. Yeah. So that goes without saying, my sister, for sure. But no, a lot sure. of people don't. So, you, know, you, have you know what? That's who true. Who won't say it. Yeah, that absolutely their sister right. Their, yeah, absolutely is their right. their best friend. You that's know, true. You, that, I, you know, I feel like. That's true. A lot of siblings won't say that. Oh, that's my true. sister's my best friend. Yeah, my sister's definitely one of uh, my best friends. She crazy as all get out, <laughs> as know, we already I, know. I love your sister. <laughs> I, lo- I love Susie. What up, Susie? Oh, my God. My sister is crazy, but she loves so deep and so genuinely. It's just like, that's my girl. That's my girl. So besides her, like, I do have two other ones that I would really consider best friends because, like I said, I've do been through some stuff. Friend, so let me ask you this. Yes. When so you have I I know that you like your friend group you you guys you get together or like not often but like mm-hmm. your friend group is together you yes. have full like your fortieth birthday we were yes. all together <laughs> do your friends get jealous of 
you being closer to some than others? I think that has happened on occasion. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, honestly, I, th- I think people think yes. that jealousy is, uh, oh, it's the worst. It's a natural thing. It's something that we were born with. Right. We were born with a jealous, like yes. jealousy in our hearts. This heart is the most deceitful thing. So yes. I feel like when you are jealous of something, you should speak on it or you should pray on it or you should, you know, be honest with yourself to yeah. allow yourself to let it go to not be jealous. I agree. I feel like when you don't, then it causes... It causes issues. Yeah, animosity and, and... Yeah, it makes yeah. it weird. Exactly. Right, so now it's like a competition thing. Um, cause that's Have you ever... Have that, has that ever happened? Yes. Really? You mm-hmm. had friends competing for you? I'm sure I have, but I'd be so oblivious. Oh, I'm oblivious a lot of times too. People usually bring it to my attention. Then I'm like... So I've never seen it for myself, but so, you know, me and my sister, we um, we stopped speaking for a long period of time mm-hmm. um, from the the result of the trash, of me digging in the trash. Um, no, and, and I have to be honest with yes, it. Yes. Me and my sister stopped speaking for a long period of time. It dam- damaged my family. It was the consequence of me choosing what I wanted right. out of the trash. Right. So anyways, when we started speaking again, she had a new set of friends. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, mm-hmm. it's it's... It's funny because I want to say, y'all know we came from the same vagina. Right. Same mother, same father. You got to kind of say it that way because yes. then you are, we heard the same heartbeat. We have right. the same blood. We came right. from the same canal. Yeah. That's my sister. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to be closer the, to her right. than I am because we passed through the We came yeah. into the world the same way. Yeah. So that's why I just, I like to ask. I mean, I don't have enough friends. I mean, I don't have any um I don't have enough friends now that I feel like they would be competing with each other. I I also have learned to compartmentalize my friends. Right, same thing. I have friends for, well, I'm compartmentalizing. I don't have friends for all the compartments yet, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I am compartmentalizing my friends now as, okay, I have my friends that I could just go out with. I have my friends that I could just do dinner with. I have my, I mean, my goal is to have friends that I, that I want my friends to be, I want to be equally yoked with my friends across the board. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. I want us to, not we don't always have to have the same taste in everything but i want to be able to say all right i'm going here for my 40th birthday or for my 45th birthday and everyone be able to enjoy themselves and we could all eat the same foods and drink wine and you know and and party and dance and get wild and Mm -hmm. have fun in a in a healthy way of you know that's kind of what i want you know like my 40th that was a good time we all drove like five hours to <laughs> it was a, not that long. another friend's house. It was like two hours, but it felt like five hours to another friend who got this beautiful house way out in Jersey. And she had this huge pool. Yes. And we had a pool. Yes, black people have houses with pools, <laughs> big houses with pools who aren't celebrities. Okay. That's Even though right. she thinks she is a celebrity. She's our celebrity. But her and her husband and her ch- children lived way out in Jersey and got this big pool and we did Sharon's 40th birthday and it was a good time. It was a good time. We had a good yes. time. We all had on blue. She had on white. We we had a good time. We had a good time. But I mean, I, it, it's good that you had, that your friends could all come together yes. and celebrate you and not, you know, be bickering yes. and, you know, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm the friend that shows up every like couple of years because I'm usually working or yeah. so it's like I'll sh- show up this you. one five years later. You won't see me <laughs> and then you'll see me again. So but you made it to a couple of my birthdays. I did. Yes, yes. I did. I did. Um, we did the one where you found out you was allergic to seafood when we did burger yes. and lobster. <laughs> <laughs> and then we partied hard in Taj. Yep, we did. We had some good times. Yes, we did. We have we we had some good times. So I'm very I'm I'm very happy that you are a friend of mine. I must say that. I don't have a lot of friends, but the ones that I do have are real. I have quality friends, okay? <laughs> so let me so let let me ask you this. 
So there are so many. Um, Instagram is flooded with pastors and preachers and yeah. speakers and you know I, I guess whatever you want to call them. And some some are great and you know there's always going to be false prophets and everything. Right. But I feel like who you're led to when you're a true believer in God and you have a relationship with God, I I, I believe that He leads you to absolutely the the right people. Yeah. So who are some of the people that you are following now that you think are like absolutely? Amazing? So my two top faves would definitely have to be Jackie Hill Perry. If you're mm. not following her, you have to. She is Ooh. super dope. Oh, super amazing. Yeah. Jackie and Hill Perry she, she's is just dope. on point. Yes. She is. She's anointed. She is intimidating. Yes, she is. She, <laughs> I mean, not in a bad, not in a bad way. way. Yes. She makes you, you know, you have, you. she calls them saint, the saint, right? <laughs> so people think that, you know, if you've been to church for years or that you're seasoned and that you're, you know, you know more than the other because you've been following God for mm-hmm. this long or whatever. Jackie Hill Perry makes me want to know more, want yeah. to dive deeper, want, makes me want to walk better, mm-hmm. makes me want to, it's like sometimes I'll be like, damn, what would Jackie O'Perry say? Mm-hmm. Nope, don't do that. <laughs> she's like that yes. mom, sister, friend that, ooh, she's dope. Yeah, she's definitely she's dope. dope. She's so dope. she's definitely one she's um, I follow. And I love Tony Evans. Okay, I do like Tony Evans. He is just You like, always send me Tony yes, Evans Yes, I always you send do. me a Tony Evans stuff. And I have his commentary to it. I told you about his commentary. Yeah. He is just like the goat to me, right? Mm-hmm. He's a little old school in his approach sometimes, but mm-hmm. that's what I love about him. His approach has been consistent, and that man knows the word. Yeah. I, okay? I, whenever you send me something from him, it's like, ooh, why is he in my business like this? And I don't <laughs> even know him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those are like my top two right now that I, those are like my go-to. Mm-hmm. Jackie Hill Perry. <laughs> yeah. Listen, she's on my crazy faith board. Yes, yes. She is on my crazy faith board. At yes. first, I was like, ooh, I was a little nervous because I'm like, damn, I can't sit across from her. But she sat across from um, B. Simone, you know, B. Simone. Yeah. And and I think she she she's just, she can sit with anybody Anyone, yeah. and yeah. get you all the way together. Yeah, absolutely. Jackie O'Perry. <laughs> hey, girl. But, um, yeah. So Jackie O'Perry and Tony Evans. Yeah, those are my top to go to all the time. Uh, that's that's good. Those are those are two good ones. Those yes. are two good ones. Um, I mean, I I um I like Jackie Hill Perry, and um, of course, I follow Mike Todd in mm-hmm. Transformation Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that's that's really you know as far as consistency goes, J- Jackie Hill Perry is consistent. Consistent, yeah. Did you watch the Glory Conference that I shared? I didn't with you? get a chance. Damn, to do it. I wish yeah, you girl, did. And they only had it for crazy. that short I know, period of time. But I think I can find it on YouTube. I hope so. Yes, I'm gonna look for it on I YouTube. I hope so. It was so good. She's, I mean, she's been the most consistent for me, mm-hmm. and Mike Todd has been the most consistent. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely nuts, but he's consistently nuts, <laughs> yeah. and 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 I and I love it. Like he is nuts. And he's yes. consistent with it. Like, yes, you know, yes. he's going to do something that you're going to be like, wow. Yes, that's how, that's okay. his ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I feel like everyone, everyone is drawn to those who, who you know, who speak to you and mm-hmm. who speaks to me. So I, I those like, those are two of, yeah, my mm-hmm. top two. Like, I know if I'm, I'm, I need, like, I know when I see her come, I'm like listening to it because I know she's going to say something. You know, her husband is dope too. Mm-hmm. Preston. Okay. And he does like street evangelism now, mm-hmm. which is really like, interesting to watch but he just goes to like random people like on the street and kind of really? tells them about Christ which is very brave to do super brave right like very very but brave you know where that that comes from that Jackie Hill she gives she makes you she gives I mean like she she gives you like this confidence, confidence yeah yeah 
So at the end of every episode, I ask, what is your biggest win and what is your biggest loss? Okay. And there's no timeline. So it could be um, it can be for the year. It could be your life. It can be for today. Okay. Um, those are good questions. Um, so for my biggest win, um, I would have to say in my life period would be just giving my life to Christ. He has shielded me from so much, just like looking back hindsight. And he has also blessed me with so much. I wouldn't be where I am today, whether good or bad, without having Christ as my foundation. That has just been key in my life. So that's my biggest one was giving my life to Christ and then absolutely rededicating my life. My biggest loss, I would say, is early in my career, I don't feel like I advocated for myself enough. Mm -hmm. So that led to certain, you know, decisions and financial decisions that I felt could have went a different way if I advocated for myself more. So I learned from that. So now I am my biggest advocate <laughs> when it comes to stuff, especially at work. I am definitely seeing the growth in me. So that I turned that loss into a win. So now I'm able to really advocate for myself with certain things. That's crazy because I say um, what you what you what you reap is what you sow. Mm -hmm. So you started advocate you you advocate for me all the time. Mm -hmm. So you in advocating for me allowed you to advocate for yourself. Absolutely. It's like for me, I don't have um, you know I find like the things that I want in people I become for myself. If I want to be, I, I want good friends, so I become, a, I'm, I'm becoming a good friend. Yes. I'm, I want forgiveness, so I'm becoming forgiving. I want love, so I'm giving love. And when I, what I'm putting out is what I'm getting back. So yes. that's what I'm learning about. Like, it's just like, oh, this is how this works. Like, all right, fine. I may not be getting it, but I give it what I'm, I'm giving out what I want back. Yes. So that's good. So advocating for yourself. Yeah. Um, what made you not want to advocate for yourself? Just being new in your career. And, Just being new. I and I knew I had the skills, but. Just being new and that lack of confidence at that time and point in my life, mm -hmm. it just, I just wasn't advocating for myself enough at all. <laughs> well, anyway, Sharon, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And I would like to ask you, can you pray us out? Ooh. Girl, I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> I know she wasn't. I know she wasn't. I know she wasn't. But Yes, please. of course I can. All right. All right so I'm going to just pray us out real quick. Lord God, we humbly come before you just thanking you, Lord God, for another podcast episode for new and in between. We pray success into this podcast, dear God, that everyone listening may hear your word and give their life to Christ, Lord God. I'm praying that Mia continues to grow in your word, Lord God. I pray that Mia continues to influence others in the way of Christ, Lord God. I just thank you for giving her this opportunity, Lord God, and just help it to grow and flourish. Let your will line up with me as Lord God, that she is able to just do great and wonderful things in your name, Lord God. I thank you again for this episode that I did with her. I ask that you help our friendship to continue to flourish as it has, as we continue to put you as the root of our foundation. I ask all of this in your name I pray, amen. All right, so... Thanks for joining us and until next time, peace.